Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The E-Day Mitsu Master MX-5 Cup presented by BF Goodrich on IMSA Radio. Well, hello everybody. My name's John Heindorf and Sheer Adam is joining me for this special programme here on the Radio Show Limited network of audiovisual channels as we look back on, I think, with no disrespect to any other series, championship or event, consistently the most exciting and entertaining racing that we cover, and it has been since it came back to IMSA a few years ago, the Edomitsu Mazda MX-5 Cup uh, for 2023. All expectations absolutely fulfilled or uh, actually exceeded, share another season of ridiculously small margins. Yeah, and I think we wound up with something like six different race winners across the season for the 14 events, too. So the guy who won the most races, uh, four race wins, didn't do a full season, was not in that championship hunt. One of those really exciting years. And yeah, you're right, John. This is the only series where everything shuts down in the paddock to pay attention to it. That is saying something. Appointment to view, isn't it? It is appointment racing for whoever is around us uh, on the IMSA circus as we travel from track to track. A little bit of a different, a little bit of a different feel to our review this year. We will be looking at the shootout uh, later on and finding out who amongst those new faces are, are likely to be coming to a newly named championship for 2024 but more of that later and let's start with our champion Uh, with two three race victories uh, and a whole handful of podium finishes it was welcome back to the big check on 39 30 3930 points for jared thomas jared thank you for joining us congratulations what a year (laughs) <laughs> thank you i'm i'm happy to be on here with you guys yeah um you know at uh 22 to 23 the the differences uh a year can make uh in the way you can win a championship definitely it's uh it was very exciting and uh you know happy to happy to take home another championship uh doing something that uh hasn't been done before uh, we've never had a, a double champion, never mind a defending champion. Um, what was different in 23 to, to 22? Anything or did you just, was it just, oh, well, you know, that was a winning formula. Let's keep doing it. You know, I think um, I think I learned a lot the in, in 22 as far as points racing and um, how to handle your, your emotions and and expectations and game plans and things like that really more on the mental side um going into 23 that 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 really helped me it set the tone for me i knew exactly what i was looking for um it also helped to have a a a great teammate in aaron johnson who was fast who qualified with um that that made that made a difference for me I, i think i qualified probably quite a bit better 
uh, in 23, and I think that just helps set the tone for the races. We've talked to you a number of times over the past few years because you've been doing so well and, you know, whatever anybody thinks, racing and racing coverage, it is a meritocracy. So those guys and girls who are at the sharp ends tend to get the bulk of the coverage. And we've also talked to you because of how you have used your success in Mazda MX-5 and the, as she will say many times on this programme, real cash money uh, that goes with that, to not only further your career, but further your business. Um, you've picked up a nice big cheque and plenty of the uh, the uh, season awards, the race-by-race awards as well. Where's that getting invested over this closed season, Jared? Uh, you know, I think... Um... We're we're still investing back into the business. We're we're looking at um, you know places that we can continually make our program better. Um, just equipment and assets always uh, make a difference, and the ease of the logistics of motorsports, which a lot of people don't get to see because it's behind the scenes, but <laughs> is uh, is quite quite the job. And uh, and quite honestly, it's one of the things I work on the most uh, Monday through Friday. So just being able to, uh, you know, have the capital to go and get to some of those things and, and better our program, have a better looking uh, equipment and keep everything fresh, um, as well as is, is put a little put a little money in the bank to uh, spend on uh, whatever. Yeah, good for I you. I want to may, maybe looking for a, a new house. So, ah. um, you know, life life things outside of racing, but. Um, yeah, it, it's been great, and it's really opened a lot of doors and and uh, given me a lot of opportunities that I definitely wouldn't have had. You made a good point there, of course, and a, a lot of our listeners will know, but some probably don't, that JTR is Jared Thomas Racing. It's you and your dad primarily put that together. You've you've put a lot of hard work and many hours into it, helped by some of the, the prize funds that we've mentioned. Um, what... So you've won personally this year, but did it almost give you as much or maybe even more pride to see where the team was aside from your driving? Because you you had drivers at the sharp end of pretty much every race and, of course, the championship battle. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was great. Honestly, I think that for me, that was uh, that was bigger than than winning the championship just yeah. from the fact that. You know, yes, I I have won the championship before, but you know there there would always be that st- uh, stigma that comes along with JTRs. Well, on, that's that's only Jared. You know, that's only his car, and we really wanted to put that to rest. And and um, you know, having uh, Aaron come in and win two races was huge. I mean, when he got his first race, I think I was just as happy as him. And um, to be able to win that champ, that team championship that doesn't get talked about as much, uh, was a big deal for me. Cause that's something we hadn't won before. And, uh, I really had my eye on it and, and, um, that came down to the wire as well. So, uh, I was super excited to win that. And, um, you know, to, to be able to have a one, two in the championship just really goes to show, um, you know, the, the hard work that all the guys here at the shop do. And, um, you know that that we're providing a good product across the board, and and we never sacrifice anything. So, what is the next step um, 
let's look in the, the short term first of all. 2024 already the start of the season just around the corner with the Raw and Daytona. Um, which is a great way to kick the season off in terms of entertainment from our point of view. Um, let's take JTR first. Um, winning that team's championship, first and second in the the overall championship for drivers. I presume, Jared, you've had a few people metaphorically knocking on your door or at least you've, <laughs> your phone's been ringing off the hook there at JTR Central. Yeah, since about uh, since about the beginning of September, uh, we've had a lot of uh, inquiries about MX5 Cup, and um, we're quite honestly we're 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 packed to the gills this year. We're going to expand two more cars for a full season effort to to eight cars total. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, we've we've had a ton of engagement all across the globe. People, I mean, not just the United States, but Europe. Uh, the UK, um, South America. There's there's lots of people that watch this series, and um, you know I think there's a lot of people that want to get involved. So we've uh, fortunately we're we're to the point now where we're pretty much full. So we're kind of just kids. we got our we we got our game plan together now, and now we just got to go execute. We have our first uh, preseason test here in a couple weeks down at Sebring with our new Michelin race tire, and uh, excited to get on that and and work on uh developing the new setup for that you had a wee double in uh, gt4 uh, is that going to continue and expand no gt4 next year uh, for the foreseeable future we have um we do have our our porsche uh sprint challenge program that's uh looking pretty good we have three cars for that so we'll be doing a full season of that so we might might dabble in a couple career cup events uh when we have a time and availability and then uh kind of a, as a fun project we got a couple lmp3 cars that we're going to be running in uh in some hsr endurance <laughs> races <laughs> oh well just... and um so yeah. keeping you keeping you busy, uh, then I have to ask then for you for 2024, Jared Thomas, are you coming back for the elusive triple and the three-peat? <laughs> will you defend again in what will be Whelan uh, Mazda MX-5 Cup for 2024? Absolutely, I'll be back in MX-5 Cup. Um, the racing is too good. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that the series, as far as... I've been fortunate to be able to go run another series and um, there's just quite no racing like it. And it, it keeps you sharp. I think it, it keeps you on the top of your game. And uh, I think I want that three Pete more than I wanted to. <laughs> Got the taste for victory now. Um, congratulations, Jared, not just for your driving, but how much work, as you mentioned, is going in behind the scenes there. This doesn't happen by accident it's a team effort and you and your dad lead a very impressive uh, set of people who put in the long hours and we wish you all the best for 2024 can't wait to get it started again at Daytona and I I bet you can't either I'm excited to get back on the track it's gonna be fun It's our 2023 champion, Jared Thomas, driver's champion, first and second in the championship for JTR drivers and the team's champion as well. Shay, what a season for Jared, his dad and JTR.
five wins for the team across the year uh, between Jared and Aaron John Thomas, championship rival, as you rightly say. Uh, they had a handful of podiums north of 10 between the two of them, nine of them alone coming from Jared. But the thing that really boggles my mind, we talked so much about those bonus points, John, and how much of a difference they make. They didn't matter this year for Jared. He only got 10 bonus points all year. No pole positions, no races where he led the most laps, uh, excuse me, had the fastest lap, and just the one race, the second round at Road America where he led the most laps. That is a crazy impressive season for Jared Thomas. You mentioned before we had Jared on there at the start of the show that the driver who won the most races and indeed picked up the most bonus points didn't do the full season Connor Zilich finishes in the money at the end of the season um, in eighth position but missed those four races in the middle of the year to go and pursue a different championship is it a case of what if um, Jared as he said there he played he played the points game very well at times during the year. He might not have had that luxury had Connor still been in the championship. Definitely not. And I think our top three would have been a lot closer together yeah. had we had Connor Zelich involved in the full season. Because remember, it takes points away from other people as well. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. Watkins Glen and Road America were the two rounds that Connor missed at Daytona. He finished second in one of the races. At St. Pete, he finished second and won one. At Laguna, he won a race. VIR, he only finished third in one of the races. Not really what we expect from Connor. And then to wrap up the season, oh yeah, he came in and won both races at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So Connor Zilich is somebody who knows this game very well. He nearly won the championship in his rookie season. He's still very, very close with the entire organization that he's been based with now for two years, which is going to have a branding change coming up for next year, but more on that later. He's still a part of that family. I expect to see Connor dipping in and out of this championship, taking away those points and that real cash Mm. money for years to come. Yeah, <laughs> count how many times you say that. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, and the, and the point is that there is cash uh, uh, this season for um, there has been cash this season for uh, the top ten in each of the races. So coming back and and taking those four victories is it is it six grand a race win? Correct, six yeah. grand a race win, and it pays all the way down to tenth place. Yeah. Exactly so. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens when we get to uh, Daytona. Um, one or two other changes uh, as well with a, a new Michelin tyre as mentioned there um, as well. Um, that's everyone's going to be on that at Sebring uh, for a, a tyre test effectively. That might slightly reset the field. We'll find out with maybe what some of our newbies think of that later on in this show. But we've got to talk. We've mentioned Jared and Aaron, both from JTR. Um, Behind Aaron was a whole bunch of very, very impressive drivers. There were... um, just under 500 points between Jared and Aaron by the end of the season. Um, but it was much closer going down. Celine Roland in third position with one win uh, on the season. Yeah. And then really only another two uh, podium finishes. And, and that really hurt him. It did. And Celine had such a strong 
mid-season. That's really where he started to pick things up. Uh, even going back from St. Pete, which is a home race, a uh, fourth place finish there, fourth place at Laguna, third in the second race at Laguna was his first podium finish of the year. But then that win at Watkins Glen, the second race, what an emotional win that was. And dominating John he led the most laps had the fastest lap and the pole position you look at it on paper with the number one next to it and you think oh right it was an easy win for him no 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 he had to fight super hard for that and in what was expected to be his last full season of racing that win was possibly the moment of the year for me just the emotions when he got out of the car mm. hugging every single member of his crew who helped make that happen third in the championship not what he was looking for but it did come with a nice chunk of change so he does hold his head high from that at least but that really could have been celine's moment in the sun yeah it seems like we we uh, rattled past aaron johnson and, and let, so let's put that right 60 bonus points 35 70 3570 on the season couple of wins um, and a couple of seconds and a third. Um, Elkhart Lake second race and VIR first race where he was outside yeah. the top 20. That really put a dent in his season. And the first race at Road America, it was a, a pair of mechanical issues uh, for yeah, that point. weekend. Um, that really took the gusto out of his sails because he had been leading the championship up to that point. Mm. Aaron got a lot of variety. He got the pole positions. He got the most laps led. He got the fastest lap. He got those bonus points. But this really, uh, it had all the feelings of Aaron needed to win the championship this year. Mm. He didn't. He came in second. He got enough money to be able to continue on next year. And we do expect to see him back in a car next year. And now that's with my little optimistic cap on, which I'm, I'm never going to take that off. Um, but Aaron's mechanical issues are what held him back this year more than anything else. His racing and his attitude towards being at the front of the pack his mentality was completely different coming into 2023 than 2022. Um, that was the change that we needed to see. And now 2024 has the attitude that 2023 did, which yep. is win it now yeah. or maybe move on. Mm. Um, behind Aaron and Celine, Max Apalski was the best place driver who didn't have a race win and in in some ways with 3050 points and only 30 bonus points and ahead of a previous champion Gresham Wagner barely mind you yeah. just just uh, 60 points uh, or so um and in fact Gresham Wagner scored 100 bonus points uh, as well but Max Apolski with uh, a I think a pair of thirds as his best yep. finish, but pretty consistent. Um, other than that, there was a, I think the, um, there was the first race at Watkins Glen where he was outside the top 20 and where else? The second race at Laguna. Laguna. That's, a DNF. that's right. That was the DNF. But that, you know, Max will have wanted more for sure, but you know, given he didn't win a race and only stood on the podium twice, fourth in the championship, actually, that's something to build on, isn't it? He only had five finishes outside of the top 10, yeah, which is a really good result good for stuff. Max. Um, he came into the championship this year, once again, with Copeland Motorsport, looking to try and make a name. I don't think he ever expected to finish fourth in the championship. That was a great result for Max. Um, there are rumblings about him moving to a different championship next year that he's going to a different one make championship that we will be talking about. Mm -hmm. So Max 
has been in this series for a couple of years now. Finishing fourth might be the zenith of where he could get to in this style of car. But there's a lot of expectation for him moving into a heavier style of car. So I wait to see what Max can do. But yeah, wrapping up the season, particularly at tracks abbreviated RA, he tended to do well. Uh, Road America with the fifth and the third with the fastest lap in both of those races, sixth and third at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So he's definitely trending in the right direction and he's figured out how to race the others, which is a big portion of this game. Um, fifth position for former champion Gresham Wagner. We've mentioned he was good at picking up additional points. Got oh, yeah. got two wins on the season. Uh, but again, just too many. F- I like that start of the top 10s. Too many finishes outside of the top 10 to yeah. make him a true contender. Um, he had a decent run of form Um couple of good races in the middle of the season um, and a couple of good races. Fifth, third and first in your first three races is great. Then it's yeah. 23rd, 6th, yeah, good. 14th, 26th, 16th, mm. first and second, yay. 17th yay. and 10th and 17th <laughs> and 19th. Just a, a lack of consistent finishing. Yeah, and for Gresham, that's really what affected him this year. Uh, he was back again with Spark Performance. Excellent team. Nathaniel Sparks and his wife, Courtney, putting together an organization that has really been quite a powerhouse team in the past, uh, running uh, John Dean the second. remember, back mm. battling against Sparky. We had some great days back when he was uh, piloting cars, and Gresham has worn the flag well, but there were just too many races this year where things didn't go his way. Um, but Gresham is the driver. Remember Watkins Glen, what was it, two years ago, when we had the one driver who it didn't matter starting at the back of the pack, he would work his way up, just scythe his way through the pack. That's what Gresham has perfected. It doesn't matter where he falls back to, he will get towards the front. And if he gets trapped a lap down, then we're going to see the finishes outside of the top 10, top Mm. 15. But if Gresham is on the lead lap, you can never count him out for a podium. Fifth in the overall standings then for Gresham. Remember, uh, points uh, make real cash money here. I'll say it for sure. Uh, okay. All the way but down. But you don't drink on that one. No, no, no. We don't. We don't. Drink. No, <laughs> that was me. That was me saying that. Uh, we'll we'll run down the the rest of the top ten because they all picked up um, the big comedy check uh, at the prize giving just after uh, Motul Patila Morn. Um, and sixth is our best rookie, Nate Cicero. And Nate joins us now. Congratulations, Nate, Rookie of the Year. Thank you very much, John. How's it going? Very well. Um, tell us a little bit about your season. Was sixth in the championship where you wanted to be? Was Rookie of the Year where you wanted to be? Weird up for me. Rookie of the Year was was the goal for sure. Uh, I mean, it's obviously it's such a big prize. Um, other than that, um, wasn't thinking too much of where I'd end up in the championship. You know, obviously we had Connor have a strong championship run the year before, so you're kind of always hoping for that same thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, sixth is, uh, I think, a really solid year. Obviously, really tough competition, but, you know, to come away with a win, uh, another podium, and sixth in the championship, rookie of the year, can't can't complain too much. How tough is it to go into a championship that has the, the strength and depth of Mazda MX-5 as a rookie and be able to make your mark at the sharp end of the field? Yeah, it's it's extremely tough. I mean, the first race we had at Daytona, it was just a completely different ball game. So uh, you got to learn it really quick because you know, so you're just going to end up falling back and 
not uh, you know in the races themselves but also in the championship so uh you got to be aggressive but very smart so you gotta know when to attack and sometimes when to stay in line and push towards the end so it's just a very tough strategic game with a lot of people who also know what they're doing and have done it for a few years so what what surprised you the most in a oh i didn't expect that kind of way and what surprised you the most in a oh i didn't think that would be like that in a so where were the positives and the negatives for you in 2023 nate um the negatives for me was probably uh the cars they're learning how to not overheat in the draft because uh, you know obviously you need the draft it's it's such an important part of the series and that's what makes the racing so good but the engines do overheat and especially when you're racing in places like florida or virginia in the summer where it gets yeah. so hot good point um you have to be smart about that it's just another uh element that comes into the race is that, that a case of, of, of sitting half a car out sometimes and what does yeah. that do to your draft yeah, you know, sitting that little bit out of the draft, it, it does compromise your run because maybe there's someone who did that the last three laps behind you. I actually had this scenario on the last lap at VIR where mm. you know, my car was getting extremely hot and the car behind me had been you know popping out of the draft a little bit because they didn't have as much pressure from behind the laps before, but they were able to stay right in my draft uh, on that last lap, and that you know just puts more pressure on you because you're not getting the ideal draft. So. That was a, a tough part to learn. And what was the bit that you enjoyed the most? And you said, oh, no, I get this. This, yeah, yeah. This, ooh, I wasn't expecting to be as good at what? What was that? Um, I think I, probably at Laguna Seca just, I think, was a little bit more about getting the most out of the car. It mm. wasn't completely all about the draft. Um, and again, that creates just a completely different type of racing yeah. um, because you're not going to be able to make those passes on the straight. You have to make them you know, uh, more in the braking zones. You could do more in the corners. Um, I had a, a really good weekend there where you know, we were fourth and fifth, but I also made some mistakes in that kind of racing because it was different to uh, how the rest of the season had been. But you know, I was, that was my most probably consistent weekend of the year mm-hmm. and I, I think that surprised me the most um but again that's a little bit more of what i'm used to um but that was probably my positive surprise and a win a win at vir in in some ways a typical <laughs> master <laughs> mx5 finish where any one of the, i think i said you've all won at one stage because yeah. i hadn't a clue at what was what was going on talk talk us through the last two corners down the hill and the run to the line to VIR for your for your maiden victory. Yeah, I mean, what a what a finish to that race! You know, almost four wide. We were three wide at one point. Um, I think well, we had eight cars in the train that mm. you know were all within a second and a half. At some point, I believe when I when I watched the the live stream back, um, any one of us could have won. It was the same thing the second day. Um, just the last, you know. I think five laps or so I'd been sitting in third waiting for it to come to the last few laps because, you know, uh, it's, it's going to get hectic at the end. Um, and then obviously it, it had worked out with, uh, how Max and, and Connor, uh, went separate ways, uh, in the draft. Um, 
I, I went with Max, and uh, he went a little bit deep in the last few corners. I was able to get a pretty good run, but so was Jared behind. <laughs> so he was three wide with both of us. And um, on the live stream, it's it was kind of hard to see, but uh, obviously Jared had, had came over to, I believe, uh, you know, as you said, try and give me a little bit of a side draft so he could stay ahead. But, uh, you know, Max was, was still there with him. Uh, but Connor gave me a massive bump, which I think gave me six or seven miles an hour. And, really? And that that was that, that gave me a huge push. So even if you know Jared had been able to come over, I think the push that Connor gave me still would have given it. But it's it's all about like you know making your friends on track because that that's what's going to be the difference at the end. Did you know you'd won as you crossed the line? Did you know you'd won? Yeah, as soon as Connor hit me, I I saw I got that little gap, and it's like just enough to be like, oh, I I got that. That, that was uh, yeah, I was so excited. It's, I'm presuming that yeah. that last uh, that last few laps is on uh, playing on repeat on YouTube in the Cicero household, is it? <laughs> Uh, every now and again, you know, you <laughs> gotta, for you. No, mate, have that little pick me up. Yeah. Mate, honestly, what a way to win your first yeah. race! Uh, backed it up with a third the following day. Um, mm. uh, unfortunately, they were your best two uh, races of of the season. You didn't finish off the way you wanted to. I know at uh, at yeah. Road at Road Atlanta, um, but sixth in the championship, as we said, you finished on the same points uh, of as Gresham Wagner, which. Yep. I bet you if I'd asked you that at the start of the season, you're going to be on the same points of, 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 as Gresham Wagner, a former champion. Um, you'd have taken that, wouldn't you, surely, at the start? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's unbelievable to think about. You know, he's obviously for sure one of the fastest drivers in the series. Um, obviously, we all had uh, our ups and downs in the year, and I think he had, he had quite a few um, unfortunate moments as well. Um, but to be on the same level as him, you know, the, these people who've won the championship before, you know, fighting all of them for, for wins and podiums at, at VIR and a few other races in the year. Um, it's, it's just so much fun. Um, two questions to finish off. One is an obvious one is, are you coming back? Yes, uh, I will be coming back with MMR in the, in the 2024 season. And what have you learned in 2023 as a rookie that will allow you to, I mean, sixth position in the championship ahead of some pretty big names um, but what have you learned in 2023 that will allow you in the newly renamed Whelan at Mazda MX-5 Cup for 2024 to challenge for the overall championship and the $250,000 yeah just just learning how to how to race at all these tracks you know even most of these tracks last year were were new for me there's a few that I'd been to and we were really strong at those so uh, you know, obviously we have uh, Canadian Tire uh, Motion Park, which we're going to next year, which will be a new track for most of us, if not all of us. Um, new tire so, as well. Yeah, the new the new Michelins, which will be exciting to learn. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit more of a even playing field, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see who who comes out of it uh, the strongest and who can adapt the most throughout the year. Congratulations on a successful rookie season. Um, Thanks so much. Yeah. Whatever else has happened in the in the overall championship, you can't get better than winning rookie of the year yeah. in your first year. So, so take that, and no one can take that from you. Well done to you, to McCumbie McAleer Racing. We've known those guys for a very long time, and please pass 
our best wishes on to them uh, with best wishes for the festive season to them, to you, to all of yours and thank you very much for the entertainment uh, in 2023. May it continue in 2024. Nate. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, we'll keep it going. Uh, Shay. Nate had a really good rookie year. He actually managed to do something that not many rookies do, which is win a race. And yeah. it was an exciting race victory. Remember at uh, VIR coming to the line, it was three cars across and Jared just picked the wrong line. So Nate managed to Shit. get his Shit. transponder. Shit. MX5 Cup, three cars side by side by side coming <laughs> to the line. You're not narrowing it down for our listeners there. I'm, I'm really not. But <laughs> it was one of those things where... It looked like it was going to be the middle car getting the victory. And then it looked like the outside and then the inside and then the outside. And then all of a sudden it was the middle. Uh, And Nate Cicero coming away with his first win and backing it up with a third place. So every round of this championship needs to be held at VIR for Nate because that really was the weekend where he swung into form. He had a lot of pressure all year for that rookie battle Mm -hmm. from Thomas and Inziata. More on him later. Um, But Nate kept a cool head managed to maintain poise and not only getting those two podiums, he got a handful of top fives and top tens as well. So he is somebody who set himself up very nicely coming into the championship for this coming season. Well, well as you mentioned, Thomas, we'll, we'll break away from the overall top 10. Thomas did oh, finish you. in 10th position, second in the rookie standings by, what, 140 points, which in the big scheme of things is, is not a huge amount, 130 points, uh, actually. Uh, and... Uh, Neither of those guys took any any bonus points. Third in the in the rookie championship, if you will, outside the top ten, but in a creditable fourteenth, uh, and another seven hundred or so points further back with was Canadian Jonathan Neudorf as well. A word or two about Thomas and Jonathan, uh, Shea, if you don't mind. Second and third in the rookies. Well, for Thomas, the season needed to be held entirely at Watkins Glen. He followed Celine Roland to that race win. He also finished second in the first round of that uh, weekend victory. So very good year for him as far as Watkins Glen is concerned. But some of the bigger tracks, they left marks that he's not going to appreciate. Daytona, DNF in the second race. St. Pete, DNF in the second race. Road America, DNF in the first race. Those really were what took him out of the running as far as uh, championship was concerned. But every other finish that he had, except for two of them, were inside the top 10. Really good, strong effort from Thomas and Enziata, but we just need a little bit more. Jonathan Neudorf, you mentioned uh, also, he had a lot of finishes that looked like they were going to be strong, but then on the final lap, it just kind of pilfered out a bit he didn't actually finish inside the top five all season with another couple of dnfs but every race that he did manage to get to the finish he learned a lot and you and i didn't call his name a lot for making mistakes that is huge as a rookie um Back to the uh, top 10 then. Um, behind Nate Cicero, top rookie in sixth. Robert Neuinger in seventh position. Should mention, by the way, Nate Cicero finished on exactly the same points as former champion Gresham Wagner. Uh, it, yeah. was, it was only the fact that Gresham got a two wins to Nate's one that puts him ahead and gets him the extra big check um, at the end of... Uh, got him the extra big tech check at the banquet. Robert Neuinger was a whole 10 points further back from those two, which is literally a position position um in the final race if you will um a pretty solid season when he finished in 
all bar one race, he was well inside the top 20. He did have a non-finish, but a couple of podium, uh, standing on the podium in the middle of the season for Robert, and 20 bonus points nets him seventh position. To me, Robert Noaker had the season that deserved the most praise that didn't get it, <laughs> simply because two weeks before the start of the year, Robert Noaker Racing received their race car to go to Daytona. Wow. It showed up in all white because Fliss Performance had done their magic to it, but Robert Noaker Racing didn't have the ability to make it look exactly like they wanted. They wound up running that all white almost all year long, and it was only a couple of races where Robert actually had a teammate to dance with. So for Robert to come into the season with a car that he didn't get any testing in, he didn't really know it. He had to learn it at, well, first Daytona International Speedway. Then on the streets of St. Pete, we're not talking about easy tracks here, um, to get the fourth place and the most laps led at Watkins Glen in the first round, then the second place in the second round, third and fourth at Road America, fifth at VIR, sixth at Road Atlanta, he really picked up the steam. And if he's in this car for next year, oh my goodness, that could be the magical combination. Uh, we've mentioned Connor Silic. He finished in eighth position, ninth, um, oh. after a horrid start to the season at, at Daytona. Um, and in fact, the first half of the season w- was was pretty forgettable for poor Jean Jodoin. Um He picked up and had a really solid middle of the season where it was 5th, 5th, 6th, 5th, 6th, 6th, 5th and ninth in the, the last race. But it was so nearly so much better for John. He, back when I played soccer, uh, they used to give out an award for the most improved player every year. Yeah. I won that award quite a few times because I came from literally no soccer experience to trying to be the goalie for what was a really good team. They should give this award also in Mazda Racing because Jean Jadouin figured it out at Watkins Glen. I don't know if this had anything to do with other people coming into the McCombie Backlear team, if it was just different coaching, maybe from Stephen and Chad getting more involved, or if it was John simply figuring out how to race the people he was up against and how to drive the car really well. He nailed it for the second half of the season. And you talk about momentum being on your side. Well, Jean Jadouin definitely has that. And this is a momentum form of racing. Let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, You go into Daytona. He had so many near podiums. I really, really, really want to see him break through and get that first podium. But I also know that when that happens, the switch is going to turn again. And all of a sudden, Jean Jadouin is going to go from being a bottom of the top 10 of the championship to top of the top 10. When you consider he was just over a thousand points away from the winner, which, you know, if you are looking at Formula One points or WEC points, that's a lot of points. That isn't a lot of points here. And if some, no. if some of those fifths and sixths, indeed, even, you know, the, the 23rds and the 18ths uh, were two or three places better. So if some of those fifth and six had been podium, he'd have been... He'd have been bothering the top four, possibly the top three, or better. And I think that's what he's got to take out of out of 2023. And that's what we're talking yeah. about. 2023, MX5, uh, with Cher Adam and John Hindoff. We watched every race of the year. A ridiculously close championship, where if we added up all of the 
uh, the gaps between first and second in races that finished green, it was, I think, still just on about two seconds, wasn't it? The gaps between... It was pretty low. Yeah, it was It was ridiculous. Um, chance to have a chat about a few people. Pick out a few people outside of the, the top ten. Um, I, I want to talk about Heather Hadley, but I want to leave that for later because that's going to tie in with something that happened at the shootout where you were. So... People who were outside the top ten, maybe people who didn't do full seasons. Who who caught your eye and who would you like to talk about? Uh, well, there's a couple of guys that we definitely need to mention. I'm going to start off with our Canadian mayor friend, uh, James Hinchcliffe, who came into the series just for the one-off at Watkins Glen, sixth and ninth super impressive finishes when you consider he doesn't have experience in these cars. He ran with JTR and he had so much fun at the Glen. He actually signed up to do an endurance drive this coming season with our Canadian friends at Faf mm-hmm. Motorsport. So James got a taste of racing at the Glen from uh, racing in this series. And now he's decided the EMSA weekends are too fun and he's going to come back full time. Speaking of that Glen weekend, Woody Hyman, massive round of applause for Woody. He was involved in that nasty crash in the beginning of the second race of the weekend. He didn't miss a round. He came back for Road America despite having had broken ribs and a punctured lung. He made it back into the race car, continues his streaks of races, consecutive races starting. I think he's up maybe near the 40s now at this point, but very good season from Woody as well when you consider the injuries that he was trying to fight back against. That actually, I get, you know, biggest heart of the season, me and me, uh, for, for, for Woody. And, you know, really brilliant that uh, he, he came through and, and completed the season. Um, anybody else that you want to have a, a wee chat about before we move uh, on? Well, I do want to note that we had 47 drivers take place in at least one race this season. So, well, one race weekend this season. That's a huge number. And when you consider that in years previous, we were talking about low 30s to all of a sudden jump up to your 50s, the growth is only going to continue. One person I want to mention is Sam Paley. Um, we knew right from the start he's been um, he's been he's been a contender every time he's been there in his rookie season uh, and uh, continuing on. He got a couple of thirds uh, early on and it was basically he was racing for cash to try and keep his season going. Ultimately, he got about halfway through the season that is a story of somebody who was really trying very hard shit to stay in the championship and it's the other side of motor racing it's not always going to work out the way you want it and sadly he couldn't complete the season yeah and we did have some people come into the championship when he fell out no no relation there just in terms of our car count it didn't go down but Correct. we missed Sam being in the paddock he is still very active in coaching he does a lot with spec MX5 as well mm. so he is trying to help people in the next generation but that doesn't mean he's done driving he wants to be there he just needs to be winning the races getting the six grand check instead of a grand because ultimately that makes the big difference on the weekend I'll come now to Heather Hadley who was actually in fourth position in the rookies finished 16th overall with the best finish in the season of seventh she also had an eighth Um, pretty much all bar I think when she finished all bar twice she finished in the top 20 this is in a field by the way that numbered well over 30 most of the season um 
She'll have been she'll have been slightly disappointed that she wasn't a couple of places higher, maybe even tickling the top ten for the uh, for the the money at the end of the year. But this is the driver, and we'll and we'll come to the shootout in a second. It leads in nicely. This is the driver that won the scholarship last year at the shootout and put it into this championship. I think there's a I think there's a lot for her to be proud about for this year. For sure. And you mentioned the the shootout and the fact that she had won that. I, and I do want to say I spent some time with her at the shootout and I'm still even more and more impressed by her. Every every conversation we have, mm. we become better friends. Um, but Heather Hadley, I think it was all but two, maybe three races where she was actually the best finishing woman. So she did wind up leaving with more money every weekend. Yep. That was impressive as well. Going forward into this coming season, there will be more competition for that check. Uh, hopefully Heather is back. I, I know that there's some plans in the work to make that happen. Um, but we do have another shootout winner from the female category. And it's actually a woman who dipped her toes into the championship at the end of the 2023 season. And strangely enough, it was Heather who handed her the trophy and the big check. And this, this is how it played out live on the stream. You might recognise the voice that announces the uh, female initiative winner and the scholarship prize for 2023. Congratulations, the 2023 winner, Miss Sally Mott. And Sally joins us now. She's uh, rather appropriately on the way uh, to the track to test her new car. First of all, Sally, congratulations. Uh, You have uh, been given the big comedy check, $75,000. Tell me a little bit about the experience of that scholarship couple of days, first of all. Yeah, so um, going to the shootout, I was pretty nervous. And obviously, I mean, I wasn't one of the original um, finalist. So when I found out that I was going, I was pretty as ecstatic as you could imagine. And um, the first day was just getting comfortable with everybody, meeting everybody, um, you know, driving the track for the first time and feeling out the cars. And I did my best. I, I laid down some some decent laps, I thought. And then um, the second day, I had one more session and um I pushed as hard as I could and tried to make some good impressions on the judges, make some friends. And I was honestly really surprised that I um, was able to get the check. And I'm so excited to be a Mazda factory driver. And um, I can't wait for the next season. You didn't have much time in the cup car. You've raced Miatas in a couple of different formats and and Ds um, in the past, uh, but I don't think you had much time in the in the cup car. Road Atlanta, you were with us, uh, and that was that was a bit of a baptism of fire. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was a pretty crazy race for me. That was my first uh my first official race in the mix five cup i'm glad i did that though because i was way more um experienced for the shootout and i kind of knew what to expect with these cars um they're nothing like what i'm used to like i, I i'm used to spec miata and feeling feeling this the, the the track through the steering wheel and um i <laughs> you know the mx5 cup cars are just really different with the power steering and so um, getting that time at Road Atlanta definitely helps. And um, I also, I feel like 
just getting that racing experience just helped me get really familiar with the car. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, Road Atlanta was crazy, but in, in perspective, it definitely helped me uh, secure the scholarship. And give you some valuable track time in, in that car, as, as you rightly said. As I mentioned, you're on the way to one of your local tracks to test out your cup car for, for next year. What can you tell us about your 2024 plan, Sally? I plan on pursuing this this season full time. Um, I'm not I'm not going to college as of now because I want to pursue racing as a full time job and put all my effort and put everything into it. And um, I'm super excited for this uh, full season of MX5 Cup racing because I want to develop my skills as a driver and um, especially the racecraft side of things because as you know the racing is crazy and uh, I want to get a part of the action and um, just. By the end of the season, I want to be a better driver and be more developed and make connections with sponsors. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and have you got a team to run you, or are you going to effectively self-run the cars? How's it, the car? How's it going to work? So right now, I'm actually still in limbo. I'm waiting on some news. Um, just just waiting for everything to fall in place. I think right now is a really crazy time for us. Um, but I think in the next week, I should have a team team like picked out and um, I'll be for sure on what I want to do. And um, I don't know, right now, it's it's really just getting all our ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. But um, before Daytona, we should have everything sorted out. You, you came up uh, from karting at a, a relatively young age. We've mentioned the fact that you've done some spec Miata uh, racing. What was it that drew you particularly to sports and GT cars rather than going into open wheel or even, uh, or even stock car racing? So that's actually a good question. Um, when I was karting, I got really into it and I decided that I wanted to make this a career. And we just looked at both sides of things, and I felt like the the sports car path was a much easier way of getting sponsorship and getting my name out there, especially with the Mazda path from the grassroots up and what they do for everybody. And um, we found that the Spec Miata all the way up was just a more applicable path. And um, I also like... I don't know. I, I feel like my driving style meshes more with a sport car, the sports car side of things. Mm. Uh, and does that mean we're going to see you, if your career path goes the way you want to, is it your ambition to be going through the IMSA ranks and maybe see you at Le Mans one day? That is definitely the goal. Good um, for you. I would, I would love for that to be the case. Uh, and... Just to, to finish off with, how important is this $75,000? You've worked really hard with your family, particularly with your father, who's who's been right there by your side through your career, did a bit of racing himself as well. Um, ultimately, is this, this $75,000 allowing you to make this quite big step? Oh, for sure. I mean, we, we're not big money people, and it's, it's kind of hard to pull this off and my dad had to sell his boat for me to get my first spec Miata. And so this this definitely helps pad the pockets a little bit. And um, it's definitely the launch I need for this season. And I don't think we could do it without it. And so I'm super grateful for Mazda and all they've done for me. And I'm just excited for the next season. 
We'll see you in Daytona, Sally. Enjoy the testing. Have a good Christmas and New Year. Best to your family. And uh, enjoy a little bit of time off before we get into the season. All right, will do. And you too. It's our winner of the MX5 Cup Women's Initiative Scholarship for 2023 in the big Sally show for 2024. Thanks to Sally Two Mott. other women who were both extremely impressive competitors. And the biggest thing that I learned about being at the shootout is that it's not all about what you do on the track, John, which is something that they talk about, but you don't really get a feel for it. A part of what I was allowed to do, and thank you to Mazda for giving me the creative liberty to basically have a microphone and a camera and go anywhere and ask anything I wanted. That could have been dangerous, I tell you. <laughs> it, it was. It was one of those things that I was saying to Jonathan Applegate, are you sure you want to do this? Um, they allowed me to interview every single one of the people that was at the show. So there were 15 drivers in the uh, MX5 Cup portion and 15 drivers in spec MX5. Now, these were literal youngsters out of go-karts who some of them didn't know how to drive an H-pattern gearbox, which proved to be a a little bit of an issue for them out on the racetrack. Um, But everybody between the ages of about 14 and I think our oldest competitor was 27. So a big age gap between everybody. And every time that I went up to somebody to put a microphone under their nose, how do they react? How do they feel getting out of a race car, taking the helmet off, and then having a microphone shoved under their nose before they can have time to compose themselves? Do they need that couple of minutes? Do they then follow back up with me? Do they ask me, what could I do better? Hey, that was my first time doing an interview. I know my mom was watching at home, uh, and I was thinking about that. Do I look at the camera? Do I look at you? Yeah. Do I pretend like I'm talking to her? And so that's, there was that's a lot... all part of the judging process, wasn't it? Exactly. Mm. And that's something that had never come into play before because they never had had a live stream. But it was also an aspect that really made a difference. Sally was somebody who came up to me a lot over the course of the shootout to say, hey, Um, when you were calling this race and you saw this pass, was there anything that you think that that person could have done differently? She really is a student. I was impressed by that. Yeah. And and just hearing what she's talking about there, um, as she's on her way to to drive the car uh, for her own car for, for the first time, let's just remind ourselves she's 18, just 18. And, you know, a very confident young uh, youngster, um, teenager, late teenager, um, very single minded. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm if I'm honest, as she told us there, she's going to concentrate 100 percent on racing next year. So she's putting off going to college now. There will be parents all over the place listening to that going, "Ooh, not sure about that. But her dad's giving her support, as he always has done. So this is very single-minded. And if she says she she wants to go through IMSA and get to Le Mans and drive at Le Mans, I'm not betting against her at the moment. No, and and that's a very good point that you bring up. The the fact that so many of the people at the shootout are at that age threshold where they are graduating high school, trying to decide what to do next. And so many of them did mention uh, not going to college yet. Hmm. The Mazda representatives who were there, both drivers, um, executives, just people of of some sort of knowledge within racing. Mentors, yes. Everybody said, don't do that. Hmm. Go to college, get a degree, back yourself up. 
and having the distraction needing to mentally focus on something else as well will help you. That's something that Aaron Johnson, who has won the scholarship before but wasn't there, really stresses to people in the paddock as well. So that's an interesting uh, discussion point, and I wonder how long it will be before Sally realizes, oh, maybe I should go to school as well if so many people are suggesting it. Well, another driver who benefited uh, from the shootout was Nathan Nicholson. Watch out for this name as well. Nathan, congratulations. Uh, Not the winner, but second place. Tell me about your experience at the shootout. Yeah, the experience of the shootout was amazing. Um, I got to learn a lot from the people there. You know, you had Connor, Tom Long, Jonathan Bomarito, a lot of really good guys to learn from. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited for the opportunity that she was going to bring with uh, working along with Mazda. You have very little car racing experience, just a couple of years. What was your start in motor racing? Did you come up the traditional route through karting? Yeah, so I started karting pretty much since I can remember when I was four years old uh, and did some regional stuff and my last two years, two, three years in karting, I kind of jumped up to the national level and uh, won two national championships in shifter karts. And then, you know, we, we kind of saw that we reached the top. So what's next? So we went to Spec Miata, did a year of that, won a regional championship. And then, of course, this past season, Spec MX-5 platform, uh, won the national points championship. So that was that's a plus. Uh- when you look back on the shootout, would you have done anything different, Lee? Um, I think I did everything I could at the shootout. Uh, my last session was a little slow. Um, you know, I, I brought up speed very well. I, I made very little mistakes. I was on pace. Um, you know, I, I talked to everyone, you know, got along with everyone. Um, yeah, I think, it, you know, Weston's an amazing driver, and I think it was just kind of trying to best each other the whole time. Did nothing wrong. It was just choices uh, he he's a bit of a he's a bit of an expert at shootouts because uh, he's come yeah. through 2020 and 2021 in the uh, on the spec uh, me art uh, side of things i mean you've come away with seventy five thousand dollars so it's not to be not to be sniffed <laughs> at uh, what does that mean to you and to your continuing career yeah, no, it's it's an amazing opportunity. Um, getting to this level without Mazda's support would have been difficult um, anyway, but, um, you know, $75,000 is nothing to blink at, and uh, the opportunity of working with Mazda the entire season is going to be amazing. And where will we see you next year? You're a, a young man from just south of Indianapolis, and, and there's the speedway there, so I, could, I, I suppose racing's... Uh, certainly been in your blood. What do you fancy doing? Are we going to see you in the big show in 2024? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, Mazda MX-5 Cup next year, big deal. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, really exciting uh, and, you know, hopefully doing as much as I can in that fighting for... I think my goal is going to be somewhere in the top five in the championship and, of course, rookie of the year. So, I'm do, excited. Do you look at it as a, a multi-year opportunity in mx5 because you go i mean it's a it's a very much different 
uh, specification of, of Mazda MX-5 from the spec Miata, which will take a bit of getting used to. You'll be learning some tracks, I suppose, that you haven't been with. Big fields. Um, so are you looking at it as a, as a, as a multi-year program? Uh, I think you have to, especially with the, the rookie of the year money. Um, it's, a, it's a big opportunity to continue at that level. And, you know, the competition is insane. You know, those are some of the best drivers in the U.S. and maybe even in the world. Um, and the racing's extremely tight. So, you know, hopefully two, three years and, and moving up after that. And where is your long-term goal then? Long-term goal, I love the prototypes, the prototypes <laughs> and M's. So those cars are just, it's going to be, I mean, you basically get to watch them all weekend next year. So, you know, I told my dad that if uh, we get to go run MX-5 Cup, that we're definitely staying on all of the IMSA weekends. Good for you. Um, so that, that'll be really cool. I'm, I'm a genuine fan of that stuff. So that, that's the goal. It's a new tyre specification for what will be the Whelan MX-5 Championship in 2024. Um, moving over to a sister brand of what we've had before, it's going to be a Michelin race tyre. Does that help you? Does it hurt you? Uh, I think it helps because everyone's a little bit more on an equal playing field. I have a little bit more to learn than everyone else, considering I, I don't have a whole lot of time in the car, but um, everyone else is going to be learning too. We've been on the, the BF Goodrich for a while, uh, so it kind of brings everyone down a little bit where they're a little closer to me experience wise and when will you be starting the test before uh daytona it's uh, we've got the roar of course the weekend uh, before uh, when do you think you'll get yourself in, into a car and can you tell us tell us anything about which teams or teams you've been talking to don't feel as um, though you have we to have our test in two weeks yeah yeah i think we have the uh the sebring tire test in two weeks so that will be a, a good opportunity to get on the tire, um, and then if we can, uh, if we can, I'd, I'd love to run at Daytona before, just because the first race get a little bit more experience under my belt. Um, but uh, Daytona isn't the most technical track in the world, so it's a good place to start. You know, learn the draft, learn how to work with people, and as the weekend goes, you know, uh, learning the tire isn't going to be as crucial. You know, you can kind of. Uh, I think it's a good place to start. Well, congratulations on what you've achieved in your short car racing career so far. Uh, an outstanding job by by you and everybody who's been involved. And I know your family's been an important part of it as well, Nathan. So well done to that and can't wait to see you on track at Daytona. Good luck for 2024. Enjoy the festive Nathan season. Nathan was possibly you, the driver well. who impressed me the most. Actually, to be perfectly honest, we had a pair of Nathans at the shootout, and both of them yeah. were really, really impressive young men. Um, but this Nathan, Nathan Nicholson in particular, he he gets it, John. It just clicks for him. He came up to me on the first day asking me a load of questions about the racing because he is a huge fan. He said he watches all the races back on YouTube. He's studied them. He's watching to see where he can learn, what he can help uh, accrue knowledge-wise from YouTube to then come into the season wow. and not need that rookie curve of a learning year. And this is a young man who said to me, 
Yeah, I've already been in contact with some pretty big companies about sponsorships, and they're interested in coming into the series if I can make it happen. And I've got business meetings that I need to wear a suit and a tie. I don't have a suit and a tie, but I need to wear one because it's that level. That is this guy. He has it put together. His driving on the track was extremely fast, but then the amount that he studied, in particular with Tom Long and Jonathan Bomarito, looking back at the data, the videos, where can I break a a sliver earlier or a smidge later should i take more curb less curb mm. he was soaking up the whole experience of the shootout now we haven't yet spoken about the young driver who took the scholarship as i said <laughs> to nathan there a bit of a a serial scholarship winner and uh, you know nathan knows him well has been in competition with him, a, a word for Western Workman then, our uh, our winner. A, a big moment for Weston actually came at the lunch break when the driving portion was done. For Well, the initial driving portion was done. We were narrowing it down from 15, uh, excuse me, from 12 to 6. We were cutting half of the people out. Wow. It was very tense. And Weston's dad, bless him, came over to me. And I was drinking a cup of hot chocolate because it was really cold that day. And he goes, oh, I'm so nervous. This is always the portion where where things start to get really bad. And I can't go talk to him because that was part of the rule. Parents could stay under the Mazda tent, but everybody else had to stay in the Mazda garage. There was no intermingling, no carding dad syndrome allowed to happen Mm -hmm. at this moment. And I talked to Weston's dad for a long time. He said that they had a full season ready to go for him to run in a different IMSA season coming into this year. But they needed about a hundred grand more, and they couldn't find the money, so that opportunity had disappeared. He said that Weston's chance at racing this year was Mazda or bust. Now, for Weston, this was his fourth time to the shootout. He came the first year for Spec MX5, didn't win. Second year, he did. He got it done. Then he came last year for MX5 Cup, didn't get the big check. Well, he came back this year, and it all clicked for him. Very, stu- very, very studious young man, diligent in his approach to going through everything. He pulled off his helmet after getting out of the car from the big pressure moment. The the morning of the decision making, stuck a mic under his nose. Good answers. Hmm. Very um, loquacious. He wasn't sort of still thinking about what was happening in the car. He was able to actually speak with intelligence He really is the full package, and I'm so relieved for him, but more so for his dad, because I know how much stress this is for the families, and Weston's dad started crying harder than anyone else when they announced the winner this year. And I'm delighted to say that we are joined by the Mazda MX-5 Cup shootout winner, and Weston is with us now. Weston Workman, congratulations. You're making a bit of a habit of winning these shootouts. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so much john i really appreciate that thank you for having me what was the experience like i mean you can't say you didn't know what to expect as i said <laughs> you, you've been there a few times right so i've been involved with mazda for about four years now i was a part of the inaugural uh spec mx5 shootout and that was their first kind of go at trying to collect grassroots drivers from from go-karting so i was joined by a lot of other go-karters during that uh the inaugural spec mx5 shootout and it, it went pretty well for me um i i didn't end up getting the scholarship that year but i think 
really a consistent thing across the board for me doing all these shootouts is I use these shootouts to better myself and improve the year after. So I didn't get the 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 first Spec MX5 shootout, but after that, I took a year off. Well, I didn't take a year off, but I, I used that to improve on myself, improve mm-hmm. my racing. Um, and as you know, with these shootouts, it's really an evaluation of, of – of the driver, right? If not how fast you are, right? How you can market yourself, how you're networking, how you're presenting yourself, all those types of things, right? So I, I took that year, I improved on all those things I needed to improve on. And then I came back uh, the second year for the my second go at the, the Spec MX-5 shootout, ended up winning it that year. So I did a full year of of uh, Spec MX-5 the year after, and it, that that improved me a lot. So that was my that was my first full season in a sports car coming from go-karts. Wow. Um, and then I did the, I did my first MX five cup shootout and that was a totally different world. Right. <laughs> I thought, I thought those shootouts were going to be pretty similar, but they were actually pretty different just in the respect of how much more emphasis was on the, the marketing side of things. Cause that's, yes. that's all racing is really about, right. You know, you really have to raise the funds to keep moving up the ladder. Right. And if you can't market yourself, if you can't wet network, if you can't make those connections, you're not really going to make it too far right so i did that and then i that's that was my main thing that i improved on over the next year when i didn't win my first go at the mx5 cup shootout and i had a really good conversation with uh jonathan this year about the things i was working on the things i was doing and then i also had the speed to back it up good for um you. and then i ended up winning it this year so i'm really excited for next season in mx5 cup and you you, you take the big check then um, $110,000 to put towards your 2024 what will uh, be a a full season is that what you're aiming for a full season of of Mazda MX-5 Cup next year yes of course a full season of MX-5 Cup next year Um, that's mega well done well done. Um, in the 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 calendar for MX Five Cup looks amazing as well. So there's there's two tracks that I haven't been to on the calendar that I'm really excited for. That being Laguna Seca and Mossport. Oh yeah, Canadian Time Motorsport Park. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, tell me a little bit about your journey to get to this point. You've mentioned the last couple of years. Is mm-hmm. motor racing in your family? It actually isn't. So my my dad was always in the cars. He was actually a hockey player um, growing up. So very, very different from what I'm doing now. But he was always in the cars. And then I got in the cars at a very young age. Um, and it, it, it really showed, right? So I was I was naming brands of cars before I was even saying mommy and daddy. And they were, they were like, what's going on with this kid? Um, so, yeah. So I then I did indoor karting for a very long time. Uh, then I started doing very well in that. And then we were kind of like, you know, what's the next step from here, right? With none of my family being involved in motorsports. Um, we were, we've always just been kind of lost and one step behind everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it was just always a constant battle of, you know, where do we take this? And how do we, how do we go to the next step? Right. So we, then we moved to outdoor card and we got introduced, uh, to Tim Shutt, uh, who owns a team. Um, he was a previous NASCAR crew chief, um, and he's been a great help for me. Uh, so we've been with him for the past uh, seven years. Wow, it doesn't feel like that long. but So we've been with him for seven years. Um, he's been a mentor. Uh, he works on the go-kart. He tunes the chassis, gets the setup right. He builds the engines. He does everything, man. So he's he's been a great help for me and a, and a, and a great way to advance my career. 
Um, I've heard a number of drivers saying that the step up from Spec Miata to MX5 Cup car is actually quite a bit more than people would imagine. Outwardly, the cars look very similar. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's an MX5, it's a Miata. But clearly, the Cup car has a lot more going on. Uh, it's a bit right. more edgy. Um, mm-hmm. How did you get on with the Cup car and how do you think you'll be able to face that challenge next year? Um, so I, the, the, the Cup car is a lot similar to a race car than a Spec Miata is to a race car. I would say a Spec Miata feels more, a Spec Miata and a Spec MX-5 feels more like a street car mm. than a race car. But once you go, once you go to the, the, the MX-5 Cup car, you're left foot braking, uh, you're using the sequential transmission. Uh, there's a lot more aids to help you, like the, the, the rev matching on downshifts and things like that. Um, so I would say the MX-5 Cup car is a lot closer to a race car. Um, but just making that, making that step from, from, uh, spec MX-5 to MX-5 Cup, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad for me because coming from go-karts, I was, I was very used to, uh, left foot braking already. So I, when I, when I, when I went to the MX-5 Cup car, I, I actually liked it better than, <laughs> than anything else I'd driven. The, the only um, time I drove the Cup car, it was still the H pattern box. And so it was still <laughs> healing and towing. Um, and that and was, I at, think, that was at Road Atlanta. I, think, I had a lot of fun in that car. I'd love to drive the yeah. sequential car. Yeah, I love like that combo is is really amazing. So Road Atlanta and the MX5 Cup car, I, I haven't experienced it yet. So I drove my spec MX5 car at Road Atlanta, but I love that track, man. I, I can't wait to to um to compete there in MX5 Cup. Next and year. you get to start the season uh, at the end of January uh, at Daytona International Speedway, um, yes. which is a great way to get it. It'll be a drafting fest. Yes. It always is. It has been since it came back onto to IMSA's calendar and back to the IMSA paddock when you look at this distance to 2024 it's not that far away where are the biggest challenges are going to be and sometimes this is dangerous but do you set yourself goals and if so what are they going to be so two questions there then. what's the challenge think, and what's the goal I think at Daytona you you can't really set a goal right because I mean it, there's so many factors that go into it just really the biggest factor being draft right i I wouldn't really – I think the biggest challenge would be pack racing. I wouldn't really consider myself a a amazing pack racer, but I think um, competing in the full season in Mech 5 Cup next year, it'll, it'll give me that experience of pack racing. Um, I've always just kind of been the guy who wants to lead or be in second with no pressure from behind, but I don't think I'm going to get that. I'm going to get very minimal amounts of that next year in MX5 Cup. So I think the biggest challenge would be pack racing – and then setting goals. I mean, I mean, I think everybody's goal is to win, but you know, I think one of my goals would probably be just putting myself in a, in the right position to win the race on that last lap there. And that's not going to be in the lead. That's probably going to be in uh, third what, or fourth, to be honest with you. Yes, indeed. And what about the season as a whole? Then um, we've seen rookies. I, w- I was having a joke uh, earlier on this year when we had the the then. Uh, championship leader Aaron Johnson uh, on Midweek Motorsport with us saying mm-hmm. I remember the days when rookies would come in and in their first season they knew their place and if they could get inside the top 10 they were doing very nicely now they're <laughs> up at the sharp end of the field challenging for victories and again we had a w- rookie take a, a race win this year where where would you consider then at the end of season 2024 20, 
not necessarily just in the rookie championship, but are you looking to be challenging in the overall uh, championship and at the overall front of the field? I, I, I would hope so. Yeah, I think I think it's almost like the rookie of the year kind of takes away from what we can really accomplish. Right. I think any rookie coming into it should have a goal of winning the championship. Right. And that's one of my goals. I don't I don't think in 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 all the years of MX5 Cup, besides the first year, obviously, I don't think a rookie has won the championship correct me if i'm wrong yep, but that would be a, a, a huge goal of mine to to win the championship in my first year and i think you know once we once we get a team figured out and i really create a great relationship with them i think we'll have a good shot at that uh, and i'll ask you the, the same question that i've i've asked of the other shootout winners where do you see yourself where will we be talking where will we be seeing the name of western workman <laughs> in in five or, or, or ten years time still within IMSA is it a sports car career you're looking for or do you want to end up transitioning to open wheel you tell me so so I get that question a lot right and I think I think for me it's not it's not a specific trajectory I'm on right my my main goal is to just have a successful career in motorsports right no matter Mm -hmm. where that is no matter I if I stay in MX5 Cup no matter if I move up from that no matter if I go below you know driving driving is really my passion and my favorite thing to do and if I can find some way to be paid to do that 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 would be my that would be my ultimate goal but um primarily staying in the sports car the sports car area we we tried the formula car route early on and there's just not really many opportunities over there i think we've we've we found a lot of funding and a lot of different things we can do on the sports car side um and things like that right and i just think you know from the oems and many other companies there's, there's just so much more support well, sports cars. Well, uh, race well. Uh, enjoy the Christmas and New Year's uh, festivities, and we'll see you at Daytona at the end of January. Spend that one hundred and ten thousand dollars wisely in twenty twenty four in the championship, and let's see if we can uh, we see you picking up some more checks through the year. Uh, and at the <laughs> end of the year, that's our twenty twenty three Mazda Scholarship win winner, Western Workman. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. And thank you to Mazda Motorsports for allowing me to continue my career. So it all kicks off again at the Raw. Well, there's a tyre test first because we're moving to Michelin tyres, share from uh, their uh, close cousins at BF Goodrich. And we thank them for all of their hard work down through the years. Um, that will be a slight change. Um it may help, as we've heard from some of our interviewees, may help people coming into the championship for the first time, slightly level the playing field. But more importantly, we've got to get used to a different name. <laughs> Whelan is the title sponsor for this upcoming season. And oh my goodness, there's so much excitement around this title change. Uh, not at the expense of Itamitsu, more appreciative of all the years that Itamitsu was able to give to Mazda as the title sponsor. But I can tell you, Whelan was there. They were represented at the shootout because they are already excited for what is coming for the upcoming season. And we do actually, John, have a calendar change as well because for the upcoming year, we're going back to CTMP, amongst Mm. other things. Which is a great track for Mazda, always has been. I'm going to finish our review of 2023 and the Itamitsu Mazda MX-5 Cup on the IMSA package by asking you a question that I 
think is almost impossible to answer. But knowing you, Uh-oh. you'll find a way to do it. <laughs> what what will live in your memory? Do you have a single moment of the season for the championship or or not? Or is it just a big mishmash of everything? No, I, I actually do. And um, I mentioned it briefly before, but when Celine Roland got that victory at Watkins mm. Glen and he pulled into victory lane and he was crying and celebrating with his team, who are his family. Uh, he recently got married. Congratulations, Celine. And all of his teammates uh, from Hickson Motorsport were there. There's a name change coming for Hickson as well for 2024. It's going to be rebranded BSI, which is uh, Shea Holbrook's organization. It's not a new name. It's not a new team. It's just a new look for the championship. But Celine getting that win, realizing that that could be his final win in the championship in which he's participated for so many years. He's given so much sweat equity towards this. Uh, that was the emotions encapsulated of this championship. And that will stick with me for a while. Shea, thank you very much for all your hard work in 2023. Delighted to say that Shea and I will be back covering the championship in 2024. All the usual places. And remember, it's free to watch with no interruptions on the the IMSA.TV site and on uh, our IMSA radio player. And you can watch it later as well on the IMSA and Mazda YouTube pages. We'll have extended coverage when we're on site as well with some of the early sessions for you in audio. It's appointment to watch or listen racing. It's going to be another cracker. But that is our look back at the 2023 EW2 Mazda MX-5 season. For sure, I'm John. Thanks for being with us. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.